London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible. How are we doing on this great Wednesday afternoon? My name is Hayden Joyner, and this is Off the Bench, your top sports talk show here on XLR Lander University Radio. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jamison Hartso, and again, we are here to bring you all the sports headlines across the nation. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Off the Bench XLR to get up to dates on the show, get, uh, get special clips from it, get our announcements for when they go out on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play as well, just in case you can't make the entire show. We do post it on those platforms so you can listen to it afterwards. But we are in. this is our second show of our, two, our new two-hour segment. So we are very excited to do that as always. We had our first two-hour show last week, and it went fantastic. And we're hoping to have another great show this week. But we have a lot of talk as always. We you know we always got a lot of talk, and we're, we're we have we always do college football and NFL football. You guys know that. Long time long time listeners know that. But sadly, college football and the NFL seasons have both officially ended this past Sunday with the Super Bowl finishing. The Kansas City. Kansas City Chiefs won 31-20 over the San Francisco 49ers. Me and Jameson both got our Super Bowl predictions right. Uh, the winner, we both had the Chiefs. But with both of those uh, seasons ending, college football and NFL, it means a lot more sports can be talked about here. And um, why not start off with the sports at the school that we are currently broadcasting from? Uh, we, tr- we did this a little bit earlier last semester, and we're going to get it going soon. A little bit more talk about Lander University sports just for a little bit. Uh, Jameson, I know you want to have something to say about our ba- baseball team. Uh, their their season starting up as as well. Basketball is right in mid swing. We're going to get to more college basketball later in the show. But Jameson, if you want to tell everybody about Lander baseball that you want to say. Oh yeah, it's uh it's really good. It's really good to talk about uh, Lander <laughs> athletics. You know, we we don't talk about their sports, and we're a sports talk show. So, uh, but it's always really good um uh to um to talk about our, our own school and uh their accomplishments uh that um that they take on uh during their seasons you know it's um it's such a it's such a great thing uh college sports and I, i'm a true fan i love all sports absolutely all of these sports um <laughs> however uh the baseball team is really uh starting off with a pretty big bang this past saturday uh, Lander baseball, they took a beating, uh, seven to six this past Saturday, um, uh, February 1st, um, and then men's lacrosse, uh, lost down in, uh, Alabama Huntsville. Uh, but, um, women's lacrosse, brand new season, first year ever, uh, they won, uh, in the final, uh, overtime, 13 to 12 over Newberry. And, uh, you know, women's basketball, something that we haven't really been talking about a lot. Uh, but they get, they got a beating against, uh, or they gave the beating to Young Harris, uh, 94 to 64. Uh, that was also on Saturday. Uh, and then, uh, in the second game, uh, of the Lander and Erskine game, 17 to 6 in baseball. Uh, Lander uh, beat him in seven innings, so that was a uh, you know the um, the the real uh, sudden death rule. Uh, but uh, and then in men's basketball, Lander beat Young Harris again uh, on Saturday. Uh, but uh, baseball, man, they're rolling. I watched them Monday night, 
and they got they gave Erskine a beating. Absolutely incredible. Bryce Jackson came in through three strikeouts, unbelievable pitches. I mean, he was throwing heat. Um, you know, so this Lander baseball team looks like it's going to be really good. Unfortunately, last night they got a uh, they got beat by North Greenville. Um, but North Greenville has a very, very, very good team. Uh, but um, uh, they got beat, unfortunately. And they're going to have um, some games coming up. Um, you know, we get, tonight we got men's basketball at Augusta, men's and women's basketball at Augusta. Uh, so uh, that's going to be coming up tonight. And then on Friday, uh, we're going to get a few uh, baseball. A baseball game is going to be at. Cedarville. Uh, so uh, Lander baseball is, uh, you know, season starting up. I love baseball. I love talking about baseball. And hopefully whenever MLB starts, we, we can start talking about the Braves because, boy, I just love to watch a good game. <laughs> Freddie Freeman just killing them out the park um, uh, down in Atlanta. But uh, I love I love uh, baseball. I love talking about it. I don't love it as much as football, that's for sure. Uh, there's nothing that's going to top football. But uh, Lander baseball starting up uh, exciting um, and coming to the end of the season for um, uh, basketball. You know, we're, we don't have a football team here at Lander. So uh, basketball and baseball are the two biggest sports. You put our money on other sports, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, you, know, we, uh, you know, me and Hayden, we're both big football guys, so we're definitely wanting to uh, – to bring to bring football here, so uh, mm-hmm. but that's so have, much money. We have rugby and rugby. Our rugby team's pretty <laughs> decent, so I mean, I will take that. We, we our rugby team actually they they it's weird with rugby because we're Division two school, but we play Division one schools because not every school has a rugby team. We beat Clemson, I know. Uh, we beat them pretty soundly back when that season happened back in the uh, early fall. So that was that was a big uh, a big morale booster for our rugby team. But yeah, definitely uh, baseball season starting up. Basketball seasons uh, has about a month left until tournament time, so that's definitely exciting and it's. Getting uh getting real close to crunch time for those teams, but um, we are Division Two, like I said, and one step up is Division One. And the in NCAA basketball season so far for Division One has been an interesting one because uh, starting off the season, uh, the first games uh, were Michigan State and Kentucky. Those two teams played right at the start. Michigan State was ranked number one, Kentucky was ranked number two, and Kentucky won that game making them the new number one team. And basically that started the entire trend for the season where the number one team in the country would just fall out. I think, I don't know the exact number, but about five or six number one teams, number one ranked teams in uh, college basketball have lost either to an unranked team or a really low rank or a really high ranked team, really. So it's been an interesting season. A lot of teams are either worse than we expected, better than we expected, or we just don't know yet because like, they'll drop a game to an unranked team and then they'll beat a, number, a top 10 team. So it's really interesting thing to see but one of the biggest surprises so far in this college basketball season I'd say I'm sure Jameson could agree with me is UNC University of North Carolina Um, as you know they're a blue blood of the college basketball um, history you know with Duke Kentucky Kansas Villanova all those teams they're one of the blue bloods they're always good they're always in the tournament and right now they are 10 and 11 sitting right at the bottom of the ACC and it's kind of interesting of how this happened. Uh, I mean, they had, they've had like an okay recruiting class. Cole Anthony's been out for a while, and he made his return this past Saturday against Boston College. Um, and whether that's going to jumpstart this team or not, that will be interesting to see. But it might, I, I think, in my honest opinion, it's a little too late for UNC to make a push. I mean, with 11 losses already, they are, they're only looking for a high teens number of victories pretty much. Uh, if they win out, really, and that's not going to get you in the tournament, especially if you're finishing the bottom three teams of the ACC. 
But no, Cole Anthony did return this past Saturday, and he could, like I said, he could be one of the jump starts that this team needs. He he did pretty well in that game. He went he went 26 points, five re, five rebounds, and three assists against Boston College. But sadly, that wasn't enough to get them the victory. They lost 71 to 70. But Jameson, how do you see this Cole Anthony return? I mean, I I have a UNC fan at uh, back home, and I'm sure if we had a phone call, he would call in right now, pr- trying to defend his team for his life. But I, he won't be able to defend anything. They're 10 and 11. They're below 500. And USC, UNC is not used to that. But, Jameson, Cole Anthony returning, how do you see this playing out the rest of the season? I, they're completely out of the tournament race pretty much. But you think they can make some kind of push to salvage a, a pretty awful season so far? Well, um, Cole, Cole Anthony is an absolute freak on the basketball court. He's very, 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 very good. Cole Anthony ext- was extremely good against Boston College. Uh, Saturday, um, February 1st, um, it was his return, and he made some really, really good plays, and um, uh, just a really, really, really good ball handler. Uh, he was amazing. He's an amazing shooter. He's He can run that offense really well, uh, but Cole Anthony has been out for a while now. He's been out uh, of of uh, the season, he's been hurt with a with a leg injury, and he has has not played a lot. He came in, he started, and and I think I think UNC UNC was starting to finally find out who they were uh, without Cole Anthony. Obviously, he is their bi- probably biggest playmaker. Uh, but they were finally trying. To, they were finally figuring out who they were with that group starting without Cole Anthony. They were finally figuring out each other, finding that chemistry that you have to have in a basketball team in order to be successful. And that is something that um, Cole Anthony was not a part of. And, and on his return, he, I mean, he was right there. Uh, he came in on that return, on the I guess you call the upside. You know, they were they were mm-hmm. headed up. And uh, Cole Anthony, man, uh, he just—you know—I wouldn't say he messed it up, but he was not part of that chemistry all year round. And then you just throw him in there, and he's—he's he's not going to be a part of. It. He might be the best. He might be Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan had to have great playmakers and great chemistry with his teammates in order to to be successful. And uh, obviously, it's a little bit different because Cole Anthony Anthony is not Michael Jordan at all. Uh, but um, you know. North Carolina should have eased him back in, and they took a uh, beating, or not a beating, but uh, they lost by one point uh, against Boston College on Saturday on at his return. Uh, and so, uh, man, alive! It's, it's this is a team that we have never seen, especially at the bottom of uh, the ACC rankings. It's something that you just don't see. North Carolina is supposed to be at one, two, and three, just like Alabama, just like Duke. Um, and so these teams are just great powerhouses in their respective sports. Uh, but uh, Cole Anthony, man, he's a he's an incredible uh, ball player. But uh, he returns. They take a L against Boston College, and Boston College is not very good at basketball. But, um, I mean, Cole Anthony, uh, he just – they. Roy Williams is is not nothing special. I've said this forever. Coach K is such a better coach than Roy Williams. Roy Williams gets the recruits. That's what happens for UNC. UNC 
gets the recruits, and they're already good. Roy Williams doesn't have to do anything with them. Coach K can do more with a grain of sand than Coach K can, than uh, Roy Williams can do with a diamond. And I've said that before in other in in football. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? That was that, was that, that quote with Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> and Tom not, Brady. I'm not sure. I know but it was. Uh, I think it was on our Instagram or something. Not a I'm, that that was not a push. It was. I made it, yeah. <laughs> I made a video post of that yeah, one. I remember really, that line. Yeah. I remember that line. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's, I'm for real. I'm mm-hmm. for real. Uh, coach K is such a better coach, uh, and I don't think Roy Williams is really comfortable. He was just anxious to get Cole Anthony in. He was anxious. He was ready to get Cole Anthony that uh, that time that playing time and and make a difference and uh and what he, he wasn't ready he wasn't ready he's a great player he's a great player but with the team you've got to create that chemistry and there was just not enough time and so i mean cole, cole anthony and the unc tar Heels, they're they're struggling a lot well yeah that's why they had to put them in so early because they were struggling so bad i mean granted they're not going to be able to make any push to the tournament now but basketball i get it with football football is more of you have to kind of issue a guy into the system you know get him ready to play basketball is a little different because basketball is a more star-centric sport yeah it's categorized as a team sport but you can be a really good basketball team if you have a few stars and if they take off on their own then it can like really excel your team you know get uh momentum and all that kind of stuff basketball is a much more star-centered sport i think i've said that in the show before especially with the nba the nba is i mean college basketball is more team-based but basketball as a whole is more star-based so i think that was just like the reasoning for it. i mean granted you want to ease them ease them in but the fact that unc's not doing well they're they were 10 and 10 at the time of this game or no, they were 10 and 11 at the time of this game i think and they just they needed some kind of jump start and i mean i'm sure they've been easing them in with practice and stuff i mean obviously they're not gonna once they come he comes back they're, they're not gonna be like all right let's play you three minutes and the next week let's play you eight minutes and then 12 minutes and then we'll eventually get you on like a 15 minute rotation for the entire game they're I'm, I'm sure they're not gonna do that they're like let's ease you in with practice as you're getting better you know get you running some drills and stuff and then then they throw him into the game and he should be uh team ready by then so i'm sure they're doing all that and stuff in practice too but no, Cole Anthony, he was, I think, the number four recruit, number one point guard coming into this upcoming season. And the fact that he got injured really derailed UNC. And even if he was on the team, I don't think UNC would be doing that good just because a college basketball team has way more flaws. Or, like, a college basketball team struggling is a much deeper problem than just a star player being injured. But moving, moving kind of, let's, we're, I'm going to segue this into another thing. Um, NBA right now. I mean, we talk about all these star players. They come from college basketball in the NBA, and the big and one of the biggest things you can do is get an All Star ranking or an All Star invite in the NBA. And the All Star weekend's coming up. I don't, I, th- I don't know if it's this upcoming weekend or the next weekend. I want it's one of the two. I know that, but the college or the college, the NBA All Star voting came out, and everyone, a lot of people online have been kind of complaining. It's been sent sent around a lot of major sports networks that Devin Booker and Bradley Beal two players that are up and coming in this league were snubbed away from the all-star team this year most talk has been on Devin Booker and I'm going to agree Devin Booker has been I think the better overall player than Bradley Beal this season but they're both snubbed from the all-star game Jameson I know you're kind of an NBA I don't know if you how well you're in in the NBA but I like to kind of hear your opinion on this Devin Booker he he went to Kentucky. He's been in the league for I think four four five four three or four five years somewhere around there. He's he's still a new guy. He's on the Phoenix Suns, and he's been known as a lethal scorer. You know he's an, he shoots outside. He's loved jump shots. He's one of those guys. And this season so far, he's averaged twenty seven points, four rebounds, six assists on fifty one percent shooting, and that rarely happens in the NBA. Fifty percent shooting is really good for a player, especially when they're averaging 27 points per game. In fact, the only other players in NBA history to average 27 points per game and 
five assists per game on 50% shooting are LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Steph Curry, and Oscar Robinson. So David Devin Booker this season has been in some elite company with his play, and I don't know how you take him out of the All-Star game and how fans didn't vote for him, but this is just this is one of my biggest complaints about the All-Star game, honestly. It's the All-Star game for the NBA. I don't like the voting system because it's really fan-based. It's popularity-based. Same with the NFL, uh, the NFL's Pro Bowl. I hate the Pro Bowl. That needs to go away. We could definitely get into another segment about that later. Because I can go on and on about how much I dislike the Pro Bowl right now. But, Jameson, what was your opinion on this? I'll separate away from Bradley Beal at the moment because Devin Booker has been the guy they're really talking about. But he, I mean, like I said, 27 points per game, 51% shooting, 36% from uh, uh, three-point range, and even more especially, 92% from the free-throw line. So what, do you have anything to contribute to this? Or what, what's the reason behind them snubbing him out? I mean, I think I think you pretty much answered it uh, yourself. Um I think that you kind of hit the you hit the nail on the head. It's it's all on popular vote. How popular are you? You know, LeBron James, he will always make it no matter if he goes 0 for 100 in a game. Now, granted last night he did go off. He had 31 points in 30 minutes. So, I mean, he went 5 for 5 in the third quarter. But if LeBron James was ever to ever have a bad year, I mean, just a terrible year, he's always going to make it because he's so popular. And that's the part I agree 100%. I agree 100% on, on, on what you said. It's all how popular are you? Devin Booker, I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. No one probably knows who that is. I, I, really, I know who I, that is. I barely. I I know, barely. You don't know who Devin Booker is? Well, you're well, not as big as the I'm, NBA. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a huge NBA guy. Uh, guy, but just, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> literally. I, Devin Booker okay, is a right, star right, right, from the University could, of could, Kentucky. Okay, I'm like you. I'm like you. <laughs> I could go on and on and on about how much I hate the NBA. I don't hate the NBA, but I'm, I'm so. It's so frustrating thinking about the NBA. It's it's absolutely just ah, like frustrating. Um I'm gonna, I'm just going to say this and I'll leave it at that. I can go on I'll go go to a whole show about it. Mm-hmm. But I think the NBA is all for money. That's all they care about. They don't care about winning a championship. Now the NBA is the NBA is like the comp- the company or the organization or like the players. Which- the players, everybody, everybody. Okay. But it's you have people pay tons of money, tons of money to come watch a basketball game. And let's say if let's say if LeBron James was playing the Charlotte Hornets, Charlotte Hornets are terrible, terrible. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. And and he's not going to play. He's not going to play because he doesn't care. And well, no, that's well, the, that's the part I hate because. I remember a couple years back, I mean, I, I watched LeBron James sit out. Sit out, he sat out because he didn't want to play. Wait, and, when? Like last you know, season? It, I don't think it was last season. It was like two years ago. But he just sat out for a long time, and he wasn't. there was nothing wrong with him at all. He just did not want to play. He just said, I'm not going to play. And that's the part that g- gets to me. Like, I think they need to change it up. To where every game matters. That's why I love college football so much. Every game matters. Well, you know, the every re- single game matters. And in 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 the NFL, every game does not matter. Every game does not matter in the NFL. It just doesn't. 
Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. But which games in the NFL don't matter? Like, which ones? Like, specifically, or you're just <laughs> I saying? I mean, look, the Patriots playing the Tennessee Titans. That means nothing. Now, granted, in the in the in the well, uh, means playoff, for records and playoffs and all but, that. But I mean, yeah. but let's let's be real. Does does every single game matter? I mean, yeah, because you want to win every but, single okay, game. Okay, now let's now let's go to the college. Uh huh. Does every single game matter? College football. Yes. College football. Yes. College football. Well, the reason for that every is every single game matters. The reason for college football mattering more is because one, they have less games. They only play what twelve a season, really, on average. Uh, it kind of fluctuates depending, but usually 12. So less games mean that each game has more emphasis. And also, the ranking system in college is flawed. I hate the ranking system. And the fact that the college football playoff only puts the top four teams in means that every game has to matter really more because if you lose one or two games, you're completely done because you have to be the but top four. I know. That's that's what makes it so much fun to watch. It's so fun to watch. It's so fun to watch Clemson. I mean, LSU. Clemson, LSU, um, uh what, who's another one? Georgia. Mm-hmm. They they have they're the best teams in college football. Agree or disagree? I mean, yeah, agree. I'll yeah, agree. okay. All right. So they have to play at their very best every single week, every week, in order to play in the championship. They've got to win every single game. Mm-hmm. Clemson undefeated. LSU undefeated. You've got to go undefeated. Oklahoma lost one game. Uh, well, who was it? They did. I know. Still made it. But who they lose to? Was it? Uh, they lost to take uh, Kansas State. Yeah, Kansas yeah, State. Can, yeah, terrible loss. But um, they it was so close. It almost put them out because they lost. Mm-hmm. That's why every single game matters, and that's why I love college. I love college football. Football. Mm-hmm. Um, now basketball, it's it's you know I'm <laughs> college basketball. Everybody, you're going to lose. But NBA, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> you can watch them play in like they don't run. They do not run. They walk to. I mean, let's say if if somebody's got the ball, I watch a center walk from one end of the floor to the other end of the floor and hold their hands up. They do absolutely nothing. It's pathetic. I cannot stand it. And then I watch um, LeBron James. If he's not hot, if he's missing shots, he's lazy. He's absolutely lazy. And and if it's not a big game, not a big game at all, he's going to be lazy. Mm-hmm. He only is going to play whenever. It's a big game, and it, uh, that's why professional sports to me is so overrated. It's all about they only care about one thing, and that is what themselves. I there is every bit. I mean, I I I I I. I mean, that is why professional sports is so overrated. They only care about making the M in front of their dollar sign millions. I'm, that's what I'm talking about. And so it's absolutely frustrating. I, I'm sorry, I can go on <laughs> for a whole entire show. I mean, I'll, I'll, um, I'll always fundamentally disagree with that. I mean, to an extent, because, yeah, I mean, people want their money. The NBA, you're right about the fact that not every game matters. And, the, I mean, there's a reasoning behind that is because there's 82 games in a season. So if you go full out every single game, you're going to tie yourself out. It's just it's, that's what uh, the big issue this season was, especially with load management. That was a big issue really early on in the season of star players sitting out the games. Like, they'll either know they'll win. They'll know they'll win because, I mean, they're playing three games a week, and that's, that's honestly that's tiring on the body compared to football where it's once a week, although football is a much more physically intent game than basketball. But it still is tiring on their body, and you have to take, the, take, you know, take a game off to re- help reset your body and make sure that you're the best you can be when you play the games that matter. And the fact that you play 82 games in a season, um, that's always going to do a lot of stuff to your body too. You have to relax. And, I mean, same with basketball, college basketball, because 64 teams make the tournaments. So you don't have to be the best team. Um, you make the tournament. If you make the tournament, you have a shot. I mean, you you want to do your best to get a better seating and an easier road to the finals. But 
making the tournament, you always have a shot. So college basketball is a little different, plus the fact that you're more evenly matched in college basketball, so any team can beat anyone. Basketball is a much different game, momentum-wise and skill-wise, than football. But, no, I kind of agree with you on the fact that, like, the NBA, it is kind of lazy to watch. I mean, you'll watch one game, and for the first two, for the first half, really, it's a really slow-paced game. They're playing lazy, and then it ramps up in the first fourth and third corner and you can attribute that to i mean they're all really skilled players they know they're gonna be like just evenly matched they're just kind of like all right let's relax a little bit and then go harder at the end uh and again yeah. those, those games last longer there's no breaks really in the uh, nba nba unless you're just getting benched and all that um but load management you could go we could always go into load management in another episode that's another like a whole discussion you could talk about as well hey, hey i think guys i think that what we are finding this uh this theme right here i think we're gonna have another show my <laughs> uh, gosh! Uh, looks like we've got the content for our next show. <laughs> I know, right? Was, well, we well, we've got a pretty much off season for um, the NFL and college. So it looks like we have a we lot should. of talk. We can do a lot of NBA talk. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Continue. I'm sorry, Hayden. <laughs> but no, I mean, load load management is like 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 I said. That's the thing we can get into. It's kind of like the issue's fallen off a bit lately. It was a really big issue right at the beginning of the season, back in October, November. But I haven't heard as much about it recently. I mean, a lot of that's because of uh, after Christmas break and all, all those breaks. Now we're going to the All-Star Weekend, Kobe Bryant and all that. There's a lot more headlines coming in. But the NBA is definitely ramping up. I'm sure we'll get more coverage coming in. But uh, it's, it'll be interesting. Sadly, we're not going to get to cover the NBA Finals because that happens at the end of June. So we're going to miss out on that. But it's always interesting to speculate, especially with the All-Star Game coming up. That The All-Star Game signifies pretty much the halfway point of the season. And Jameson, again, I'm, I know you're not like the most avid NBA watcher, but I'm sure, I don't know if you've done your research or anything about that, but um, like, obviously knowing the teams and who do you think is like, like if you have a team right now that's like a wild card team, you know, you don't have wild cards in the NBA, it's the one through eight seed getting the playoffs, but you have like a team that people are kind of underrating, people are not putting all their trust in right now. Or well, not trust. But they're not putting all their faith in. You know, they're not like, oh, this team's the team to beat right now. Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Raptors. They're not one of those teams. Like under, an under the radar team. That's the word I'm looking for. Under the radar team. Who do you see as this guy, this team that could win a playoff series and maybe go to the conference championship that people wouldn't really expect? Well, um, you know, we, we've always got um, we've got the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the Los Angeles Lakers. We've got the Houston Rockets uh, down south. And we got the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, those are probably right now uh, the five teams. Uh, I would say probably the one that's kind of being underlooked, which uh, some people are kind of underlooking and some aren't. But uh, the the Los Angeles Clippers uh, with uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, he's just an absolute uh, baller. He's really balling, um, and so I think I think they could be a one to reckon with. But I mean, the Lakers right now are so stacked; uh, they're healthy right now, uh, and so I think I think those are right now the front runners. Uh, but but you get the Houston Rockets. How can you count out the James Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook? Absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal duo. Uh, now, granted, I know there's some things you know, blah 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 blah, something they don't like each other, blah blah. Uh, but I don't care what you say. Those are two excellent basketball players, and uh, you can never count out. And ever and uh, but first of all, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, you know, right now with uh, uh, KD being out, and what's his name? Kyrie. Uh, yeah, Kyrie Irving. Yep, and he's just an absolute phenom too. Uh, but um, uh, you cannot count out this one team. I haven't mentioned it yet. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of injuries. Their best players are injured right now. But the 
team out west, the mm-hmm. Golden State Warriors. You can never count out the Golden State Warriors. I don't care who you are, what season they're in. I do not care. They are the absolute king. I mean, not- last year, last year, oh yeah, last the Golden year. State Warriors. They came back. They were playing terrible in the regular season, and they came back to make it into the finals. Now, I, I, I highly doubt that they're going to make it to the finals this year. They're with, making it uh, into the playoffs this but, year. I mean, you never know. You never. They're any, sitting at twelve and thirty nine right now. They're at the bottom. They're they have the worst record in the NBA right now, which is surprising. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, anything can happen right now. Okay, if they won their next forty, maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding, uh, but uh, you. <laughs> How can you count them out? I mean, come on. They have they have been in the finals, what is it, the past five years straight? Is that right? Yeah. Four. It's five. It's five, I think. I think. Yeah, yeah, five years straight. I mean, how can you count them out, man? It's just a, such a bummer. That's my favorite team, obviously, because I'm a bandwagon. <laughs> uh, but, uh, oh, my goodness. It's it's all good. But uh, Steph Curry, I'm, I'm so ready for him to get back. I mm-hmm. love I love watching Steph Curry play. Clay Thompson. That's the, I think I think whenever they come back, they'll, they'll go undefeated for sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, oh my goodness. Uh, but you know you never know. Hey, what if what if? I mean, if they go, I don't know how many games left in the season. It's halfway 40, 40 ish games. If they go forty in other next games and they finish out fifty two and thirty nine, then I mean I'll. I don't know what I'll do. I'll give you a thousand dollars. Give me my whole bank account, but because I mean that ain't that ain't happening. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but no, you can't no, win forty straight no. NBA. It doesn't work that way. Hayden, no, we cannot make the. You cannot overdraft a thousand dollars. You cannot overdraft. I have more than a thousand dollars in my kidding, bank account. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little good, but no. Um, for me at least, I mean, I'm gonna count the Warriors out because I mean. They have out. I, I mean, even I never really expected it. Even with Clay Thompson and uh, Steph Curry being out with injury this year, Clay Thompson I think is out for like the I think the whole year with uh, he did something with his knee or Achilles or something last in the finals, and then Steph Curry just broke broke his hand or his finger. I can't ever remember which one it is, but he's been out for months already. But I'm gonna count them out personally. But the team I'm really looking for, I'm I'm kind of looking at the at the Miami Heat team and. They're, I mean, you can't say they're like completely under the radar because they are fourth in the East right now. They're sitting at thirty-four and fifteen right now, and they've they they've been a team that's kind of just like been lurking around. You know, they're ahead of the uh, the Seventy Sixers. They're ahead of the Nets in the uh, in the rankings right now. They're they're tied with the Boston Celtics, and Boston Celtics with Kemba Walker this year have been really fantastic. And the Miami Heat doesn't. They're just a team that's under the radar. Last season they were they were. Uh, they finished tenth in the East, missed the playoffs, going thirty nine and and forty three. But this season, they have seven players averaging ten points a game, which is a really good recipe for that team based play that I sometimes talk about. Because they don't really have a star player. Yeah, they have Jimmy Butler. Yeah, they have Tyler Hero. Yeah, Bam Adebayo. They have these like these names. Jimmy Butler and Adebayo, by the way, making this All Star team. They have these big names or these All Star names, but those aren't the guys you think of when you're like superstars in this league. You know, Jimmy Butler maybe he's kind of been that B player recently, especially over the past couple of years. But they're a team that they can really make a push in the playoffs, especially if they can get um, if they can get the higher seeds, so they get the, those that extra home game if it goes to a Game Seven. Because right now they are third best home record in the East right now, and it sounds like oh third best that's not amazing, right? But I mean, third best as in right now they are twenty-two and three at home, and the only reason they're third best is because the Milwaukee Bucks are twenty-three and three, and the 76ers are twenty-two and two. So they're all really closely matched, one or two games difference. They're the best team at home. So if they can get that extra game in a game seven and get another home game, they are known for winning at home, and they have the the pieces to work. Bam Adebayo has been great down down at the bottom around the goal, getting those rebounds, getting the layups. He's been an amazing player. 
Jimmy Butler has been that really overall overall guy. He's averaging about 20 points a game right now. And and Tyler Hero, you can never count out right now. He's a Kentucky guy. So is Bam Adebayo, actually. So this Miami Heat's a team I like watching because they have a bunch of Kentucky players on it. But both of those guys, uh, Tyler Hero especially, he's a rookie this year. He can get a bucket whenever you want. He, he calls himself, he's like, I'm a bucket. He said that in a Kentucky game last season during the, uh, the NCAA tournament. He says, I'm a bucket. And he is. He can get you three points or two points whenever you need it. So that's a team I'm definitely going to like out for. I wish I could say the same for possibly my favorite team in the NBA. I'm not like I'm not a huge NBA fan. You said you're a Warriors fan, bandwagonish, oh, yeah. but uh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't really have a favorite team in the NBA. I could say Charlotte Hornets because that's the hometown team, but honestly, I don't really follow them too too close. Uh, if I had to pick a favorite team, it'd be the Phoenix Suns, just because they've had a lot of Kentucky players over the course of the last ten years on their team, and you know they're an underdog team. I like watching them. I want to see them get good. That's the team Devin Booker's on. If you don't remember that from earlier in the show. But no, uh, NBA Finals, sadly, we're not going to be able to cover them. But the All-Star Weekend is coming up. We will certainly cover that once it happens, possibly next show, because we'll be really down on NFL content at that point. But we are going to head into a quick break, and when we come back, we will get into that NFL talk. The Super Bowl happened this weekend, 31-20, the Chiefs' victory. And me and Jameson will give all our post-game coverage, who won, who lost the game, what caused stuff to happen, and all of that fun stuff. So stay, stay tuned. We'll be having an hour segment on that. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back after one song. Hello and welcome back to Off the Bench, XLR Atlanta University Radio. My name is Hayden Joyner and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jamison Hartso. We are in our second segment of the show and we are going to be talking about the Super Bowl that happened this past weekend. The Kansas City Chiefs, like I said, won 31-20 to over the San Francisco 49ers. Jamison, you and me both got this game right. Uh, I was a bit skeptical watching the game because the 49ers had that 20-10 to 10 lead for the majority of it. They were the leading team, and I was like, man, maybe I should have picked the 49ers. Maybe that would have been the best bet because you know, I was kind of – I wasn't as committed to one of the teams like you were. I was kind of like, yeah, the 49ers could win, the Chiefs could win, I don't know. You seem to be on the Chiefs cheering the entire way, it seemed. But uh, I was like, man, maybe I should have done that, but I didn't. Um, so the Chiefs, like I said, won 31-20, to 20, and it was an interesting game. It was defensive a lot for the first three quarters a bit. The defensive, defensive sides of the ball were controlling it, and that was the opposite of what I said during the show. I said the offense would be going off and be a really high-scoring game, but the op- like I said, the opposite happened. So I'll take a fault for that. I was a little bit wrong with that exact prediction, but that was an exact one. You know, you can't get all of those right. But the defense is held strong. It was 10-10, to 10, I believe, at halftime. And then right out of halftime, the 49ers got the 13-10 to 10 lead and then got to the 20-10 to 10 lead after another Patrick Mahomes interception. And then Mahomes went off. And I know, Jameson, you're probably really excited to talk about Patrick Mahomes and what he did. And, I mean, I, like, I, mean, I talked about it last week, and we talked about it all. It's, I mean, not surprising. Mahomes has that magic. And I said in my prediction, I know especially for me, I said in my prediction that it's going to come down to who can make the most magical plays. And in those big-time moments, Patrick Mahomes was able to score, score the points to get his team in the head. 21 points in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo was given the opportunity at the end, of the end of the game with, I think, about three minutes or two and a half minutes left to go down the, go down the field and give his team a game-winning touchdown, and he just could not connect. So, Jameson, I'm sure you're itching to talk about Patrick Mahomes, so I'll let you go off on this. What, do you think the Chiefs won this game, or do you think the 49ers lost this game for themselves? What do you think happened? Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, man. It feels so good, so good, so good to be back and to be talking about the Super Bowl. Man alive, I feel like Stephen A. Smith talking about the Cowboys. Putting on a cowboy hat, smoking a cigar, and laughing and just saying, 
How about them 49ers? <laughs> oh my goodness, it feels so good. I've I've been so confident in those Chiefs. They're really, really good. I think that the Chiefs won this game. The 49ers didn't lose nothing. The only thing they lost is a ring, shiny, shiny <laughs> ring on that ring finger. Super Bowl t-shirt and a Super Bowl hat. And something that they're missing today is a Super Bowl party that's going on in Kansas City, boys. I am so pumped. Uh, Kansas City absolutely played phenomenal. Well, in the fourth quarter uh, and in the <laughs> second quarter. Uh, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> what, happened, I, what, I, happened, wait, what happened in the second quarter? Second quarter, they came back to 10-10 to because they were down... They were down early in the game. They came. They kicked back. a field goal to get it to end. But still, right? Okay, hey, I mean, I'll give hey, you it. Yeah, I'll give you it. And so, I am so proud of the way that Patrick Mahomes responded. Two interceptions, down 10, 20 to ten. They're down twenty to ten in the Super Bowl, but the announcer Jim Nance said it best. No, it wasn't Jim Nance. Joe Buck. Joe Buck. Joe Buck. Jim I, Nance I, on okay, CBS. I, I wish it was on CBS. <laughs> I wish it was on NBC. <laughs> I mean, come on now. We need Alan Chris on Sunday night. Oh my gosh! Let's just get I, a rotation between I, those two. No, I so not Fox. I, everyone hates Fox. Colin Coward said like yesterday or two days ago that Fox should get it every year because they're the best. I was like, no, no. Yeah, I love get Fox's. Off. I love Fox's talk shows better than ESPN's. Minus First Take, I love First Take, but I love like Undisputed, Colin Coward, and all those shows. I love those better. But I love that. Um, I, I I just like I I think ABC and and CBS's broadcasts or NBC not ABC NBC and CBS's broadcasts are way better but yeah I I love NBC I love but I, the only thing I like about Fox is Fox News the politics channel <laughs> but uh, anyway so um, you know Patrick Mahomes absolutely played phenomenal in the fourth quarter uh, and and guys I don't know why anybody doubted this this Chiefs team look what happened against the Texans. My poor old Texans, man. I'm sorry for you. Mm-hmm. But they were down 21 to nothing. The Chiefs were. They came back. 24 to nothing at one point. Yeah, yeah, 24 to nothing. that field goal by Bill They Bryant. came back to win that game. They were down. The Chiefs were down against the Titans. 10 to nothing in that game. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs came back and won it. And now the Chiefs were down 20 to 10. And they came back and mm-hmm. won the game. 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter and eight minutes of play. Absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. I mean, how in the world? I knew it. I, I was <laughs> so excited. Oh, my gosh. That is how you play some ball. Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. They are, he is so good. This Chiefs team, I, I, I've said it. I've said it all year. Mm-hmm. I think every single time that we had a pick with the Chiefs, and I think I picked the Chiefs. Now, granted, I might have lost something, but still, <laughs> Super Bowl champions. I mean, goodness gracious, this team is phenomenal. They're so elite, so good. And I told you, I said, uh, what did I tell you last week? I said they've got to stop the run. Mm-hmm. Well, they did, but granted, granted. Kyle Shanahan ran the ball what twenty one times. It was he like threw, yeah, it wasn't he threw the ball much. a lot. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo did not play a good game. He played an okay game. 
He played a good game through three and a half quarters. Yeah. He did not play yeah. a good fourth quarter. And and I told you, and we saw what Jimmy Garoppolo was made of. I said, I said, when it comes down to it, and the time and the pressure is on him. I saw, I've said it all year. I said Jimmy Garoppolo cannot handle that pressure. He cannot do it. He's mm-hmm. not that good. He played backup all of his life. He's a backup quarterback. He that's it. He's not a he's not a spectacular quarterback. I don't think. And so I I I knew I knew he wasn't going to be able to, to do it. Uh, Kyle Shanahan kind of got away from his play calling. I don't understand why he didn't run the ball more. But still, that Chiefs defense played absolutely lights out. Um, they did uh, the offense. Debo Samuel got some sweeps and everything like that. But that defense of the Chiefs played good. And with Patrick Mahomes throwing two interceptions in the second half and still rallying back to win the Super Bowl, that's how you be a great, great quarterback. I'm so I'm so happy to see uh, what Patrick Mahomes did. Andy Reid, phenomenal play caller, phenomenal, uh, excellent play calls, um, and so it, I was so uh, relieved to see what uh, what the Chiefs really team that team could really accomplish today is their Super Bowl bowl party. Uh, parade, parade yeah. uh, slash everything. Uh, Travis Kelsey went all out. I don't know if you saw that him. I haven't seen anything from it yet. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so funny. He was a little. <laughs> he had a couple of drinks in his system. Oh, for you sure. Tell. For sure. Uh, but uh, Travis Kelsey is nothing but a is nothing shy than a than a fun party. But um, absolutely phenomenal. I've I'm I've got so much in my head and I just cannot put them into words. <laughs> but man, alive! It felt so good to watch that Patrick Mahomes just turn and turned into greatness. Mm-hmm. And that fourth quarter, that team turned into greatness. They showed up when it was time, and they asked them after the game. They said, "Was it planned? Was it planned to uh, go down?" They said, "No," but uh, they rallied and they came back and they and I promise you, Andy Reid got the biggest. Mcdonald got the biggest cheeseburger you ever you saw. Said, and made it make it a double. You heard oh what he said after gosh. the you heard what he said after the game, right? They were like, <laughs> "How are you going to celebrate?" And he was like, "I'm going to get a double cheeseburger with extra cheese." That's what he said. Yeah. And I was like, "It's like heck yeah, Andy." Oh Reed. yeah, Andy. I'm exactly. so I'm so happy, and I was so glad to see the NFL. Uh, come together and uh, congratulate Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. That's what sports is all about. And I was so glad to see Andy Reid finally get his Super Bowl ring. Uh, so that's gonna be really that's really exciting, and I think the Chiefs are here to stay. And uh, the scary part is Patrick Mahomes is only gonna get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I was real thrilled to see uh, to watch that that great quarterback Patrick Mahomes from little old Texas Tech come out and just be the MVP of Super Bowl Fifty. Mm-hmm. I mean, first quarterback. I think first first quarterback, first team in history to uh, to come back from ten plus points in three straight playoff games, win the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously that's impressive. I mean, I said. I mean, hey, you you remember I said this in the show, and I don't think I made any graphic about it, but I probably should. I said in the show, Kyle Shanahan's known for blowing these leads, so I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers got out to a lead and then the Chiefs ended up coming back from that. I said that, and I was very happy that that happened because I was well, like, I'll I mean, take I my, mean, I'll take <laughs> that. But I mean, it could have been like the Chiefs have fallen down every game so far this postseason, and they've come out on top, and that's exactly what this game looked like. Because during the first three and a half quarters, pretty much until 
that sec, uh, they stopped the 49ers after that second Mahomes interception. For three and a half quarters, the 49ers were the better team. Jimmy Garoppolo was the better quarterback for three and a half quarters of this game, and sadly, they could not get it done in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Garoppolo, I said, we, I mean, we both really said last season or last show, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the big time guy, and whether he's made clutch throws this past uh, this past season during some games, it's a uh, it's a tall task to step into that Super Bowl spotlight and do good. And honestly, Mahomes was a little shook for that Super Bowl spotlight at the start. Uh, I mean, one, he threw two interceptions in the game. He fumbled the ball once. Um, luckily, Kansas City recovered that. But he also, for the first couple of possessions, he was missing targets really often. You know, throwing the ball a little wide, a little short, kind of like stuff like that. It kind of seemed like the spotlight might have been a little too big for him at first. Kind of harking back to what I said last week about how those big games were, could affect his legacy if he doesn't win this one. Um, but luckily, he was able to get that back, and he won the Super Bowl. First uh, youngest player to win Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. And uh, and an MVP, I believe, or uh, no, second youngest to win both of those, I think. But the 49ers, I mean, you said the Chiefs won this game, and I think it's really a mixture of both. The Chiefs won this game in the fourth quarter. For the entire game, the 49ers really blew it. The 49ers had the Chiefs on the ropes for the majority of this game. They had Patrick Holmes playing poorly. They had a great pass rush going on, which is something we, we both spoke about last week, about how the 49ers were going to need to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes and keep him contained, which they did for a majority of the game. They had four sacks for 18 yards. Joey Bosa was all up in Mahomes' face majority of that game. I remember saw a lot of slow-mo clips during the game of Joey Bosa, or Nick Bosa. I'm so sorry. I always say Joey Bosa. I did that last show too. Nick Bosa, his hands being up in uh, Mahomes' face. I think he blocked a couple passes as well. So the 49ers defense did what they could for the majority of the game. The problem was it's so hard to beat the Chiefs for 60 minutes. And Jameson, I know you're you're a big worker of that notion. It's so hard to beat them for 60 minutes because you can like a, you like what the 49ers did. They held the Chiefs' offense to 10 points through three and a half quarters, and they still lost that game because the Chiefs are just so explosive with that offense. It's it's crazy. Once they completed that third and 16 or 15, whatever it was, of that like 40-plus yard pass to Tyreek Hill that Mahomes had, once that happened, I was like, that's it. The 49ers are winning this game, even though they were still down 20-10 to 10 at that, or the Chiefs are winning this game, even though they were still down 10 to, tw- 10 to 20 at that point. Because they got to score a couple of plays later, stop the 49ers on a three and out, or uh, yeah, a three and out, and then go right back down the field, get the game-winning score. And, I mean, rest was history after that. So it just shows how explosive the Chiefs' offense can be. Look back to the Texans game. They were down 24 to nothing. They completely got rid of that deficit, brought it to 24 to 27 within one quarter. They scored all those points in one quarter. So the fact that they can be this explosive, it's just so hard to control because you never know when they're going to go off and score all these points and get the thing. And that's what happened. 21 points in the fourth quarter compared to the, the uh, 49ers, zero points. And I was pointing this out. Uh, like I said, it was 20 to 10. They completed uh, that third and 15. The Chiefs scored, got it 20 to 17. And what did the 49ers do when they got back on the field? Run a five yard thing to Moster. You know, great play. Sits up second and five. Works really well. Then Chris Jones blocks the ball, the defensive tackle for the Chiefs. Great play by Chris Jones. He's like 6'8 or something. So just throwing in his direction is going to be a problem. He blocks the ball down, makes it third and five. Then an incomplete pass by Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it was like just over the head, or I can't remember what exactly there the pass was. A, was. Hey, there was a couple of batted balls down by him. I mean, yeah, Christians had mean, like two, I believe, uh, in the maybe, game. Maybe I think it might have been three, either deflected or I absolutely like just but, tipped a little bit. Yeah. Him and Nick, Bo- him and Nick Bosa for the other side, they were both like ball hawks the entire game. But then they got the incomplete pass, three and out punt that that wasted forty seven seconds off the clock, only forty seven seconds. Which two things come out of that? One, it makes Kansas City keep their offense rolling because they don't lose any momentum when they just sit on the bench for 47 seconds. 47 seconds in game time, that is, not in real time. 
but they don't they 49ers offense gets to go right back on the ball keep their momentum and it gives them more time to score points and second off it makes the 49ers defense gas they barely had time to get on the sideline take a sip of Gatorade and get back on the field and try to stop that explosive Chiefs offense who had all the momentum and all the momentum in the world at that point so the Chiefs went right back on the field scored a touchdown on the uh, I think it was a dump off to to Damian Williams who got that score and I mean 49ers the Chiefs were, the Chiefs were running a hurry up offense because they were in their four minute offense at that time. 49ers couldn't sub people. They just got tired, and that's really what ended up being the cause of the 49ers not scoring at the end. And, I, I mean, that's it. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, you get the ball with two and a half minutes left to win the game. They got a couple first downs, got out to the 50-yard line, and then it just went down. He threw that pass right down the middle, about got intercepted. I can't remember who, what uh, safety. I think it was their safety, but I can't remember. 20, who. I think it was 24 or something. Uh, yeah. I mean, incredible play. Yeah, dived in front died, of the guy. Yeah. Almost could have picked it, really. But had that in completion. Then he had the deep ball to Emmanuel Sanders, which Over has been criticized, criticized a bunch. He overthrew that ball. Would have been a game-winning touchdown if he had scored that. Um, whether it gave Mahomes enough time afterwards, but it would be about a minute 40 after the, uh, the kick and the kickoff and stuff after that if they had scored. But missed that. And then the next play, uh, it's uh, what, was, what was the next play? It was fourth down, I believe. And he fourth and 10, he got sacked. or He did, he did his little two-hand shuffle thing yeah. to get it to most or whoever was down there. And, of course, that didn't work. So he got sacked and then... 49ers get their extra touchdown. That was that. But, Jamison, I'm sure you want to hate on the 49ers right now. So, and I mean, I mean, I, I was being more of a supporter of the 49ers last show just because I'm like, well, you were talking up the Chiefs. I'm like, I'll talk about up the 49ers because we're both talking up the Chiefs. It's going to be like, oh, they're, they're, they're Chiefs. They're just loving the Chiefs, you know? I'm like, let's at least give both sides a little bit. And the 49ers, I mean, they're not a team to take lightly. Their defense and running game have been really incredible. But it didn't show up this game. So, Jamison, I'll segue into this. Kyle Shanahan has been getting a lot of flack for this game as well. Like I said, he blew that lead as the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons during their Super Bowl, the 28-3 lead, and now he blew a 10-20 lead. And there's been two Super Bowls where the win probability was over like 96% and they lost. There's been three Super Bowls. Two of those were Kyle Shanahan's fault. Or Kyle Shanahan was a coach on the staff that lost those games. I'm not going to necessarily say it was his fault, especially in Atlanta because he was just the offensive coordinator, not even the head coach. But who would you really blame this game on? Kyle Shanahan or Jimmy Garoppolo? Because both had issues this game. Both did good. Both did bad in certain spots. But who is, like, if you had to pick one to blame, who would you blame it on? Well, I said this a little earlier in, in the show. There's no I in team. But you get in professional sports, there is. You can blame one person or another person. You get down in college, you can't really blame one person or another. It's a team sport down there. Um, but in, in professional sports, you this is this it's a reoccurring theme. Everybody's gonna blame one person. Oh, this is all Jimmy Garoppolo's fault. It's all Kyle Shanahan's fault. Well, first of all I'm gonna say the Chiefs played excellent. There's no way a defense can stop that team. That offense, that explosiveness, you can't stop it. Uh on the other hand, to your get back to your question, Kyle Shanahan should have stuck to the run game. He tried to do so much because he was getting shut down. He should have stuck to the run game and played what was called what what he should have done. And so that's uh, he kind of got he kind of got scared and um, and switched up to the throwing throwing the ball and they he he, <laughs> he threw the ball so much to Debo Samuel. I mean I couldn't believe it. I mean. He gave. He, you, you just don't like Debo Samuel's name being read out during the broadcast, did you? Well, well, well I mean, I mean, no. I mean, <laughs> it's <laughs> look at it. I mean, throw, I mean how could it. you guess? It was going to Moster. It was going to be a run or a little fl- uh, flicker to uh, Debo Samuel or 
or incomplete. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, they didn't throw it to Debo Samuel that much. He was leading. He was leading target receiver on their team. He had five receptions, but I mean, that's only George Kill at four, and then the rest of them had like three, two. Mostert, Mostert had the most touches like of the game. He had twelve, uh, twelve carries as well as with one reception. So. They weren't throwing to Debo a lot. Debo was making some big plays, though. He had, he had a bunch of screen rounds. He averaged 17.7 yards per carry in the running game. But I'm sure you hated seeing Debo Samuel's uh, name. No, no, no. Or at least hearing uh, it. But um, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a Super Bowl quarterback. Mm-mm. He's not. And so you've got to have a good quarterback to win the Super Bowl. And uh, they, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good quarterback. He's not. He cannot make the throws. He cannot uh, just like that deep ball. I mean, you cannot make that. You cannot throw that ball. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders was open, but mm-hmm. come on now. I mean, you you've either got to put it on the money, or or check it down. I mean, he yeah. didn't need that play. I mean, he didn't need. I mean, that. you said Kyle Shanahan removed from the run game. At least to his credit, that was the good, that was the right play call in that moment. You know. It was uh it was third and third and ten or second and ten whichever one deep on Emmanuel Sanders you know, he hadn't beat that was a good play call if he had caught that this morning or right now if he had if Emmanuel Sanders had caught that ball we'd be talking about how Kyle Shanahan was the smartest coach in that game and how Jimmy Garoppolo was the MVP I agree but sadly Jimmy Garoppolo I wouldn't be I wouldn't be saying that but uh, I agree that the country would be saying that yeah I mean I wouldn't say that uh, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't be the MVP if he didn't make that. Uh no oh no who well, would have been the MVP then uh like, the who? MVP would be in Nick Boza Nick hey yeah I'll tell you, I'll give you that Nick or Moster Moster or Moster didn't do two I don't think he had an MVP performance not compared to the players Chiefs had I think what do you go he had fifty sixty yards fifty eight yards something like that well I'm I'm gonna tell you this right now <laughs> the real MVP is Patrick Mahomes baby mm. oh yeah boy give it up for the Kansas City Chiefs if the game was one quarter I'd give him the MVP he's a I thought he was like. During our watch yeah. party at my Super Bowl party, we like they announced MVP, and we were like, "No, we all disagreed." I don't think Patrick Mahomes was the MVP of that Super Bowl. Uh, he well, Patrick Mahomes did not play his best game. He did. No, it was one of the wor- like for the first three quarters, it was really one of the worst games of his career. He was looking not like himself. It seemed like the spotlight was too big for him. But I mean, we'll, we'll segue in this a little later about the MVP stuff. But I, I mean, I, I personally think another player should have gotten the MVP, and I'll talk about that in a second. But. When it comes to who to blame for this game, I think it's really a mix of both because Jimmy Garoppolo, he didn't make that big throw at the end. And, yeah, that's just one play. You can't blame a player off of just one play. But, I mean, look at the rest of the game. I mean, stuff that was working during the first three quarters, they just stopped doing this fourth quarter. You put that on Shanahan. But, Jimmy Garoppolo, you're the franchise guy here. You're trained under Tom Brady, apparently. You got paid $130 million or whatever it was. You're supposed to step up and make these big throws. And I know you say, like, you need a fantastic quarterback to win the Super Bowl, and that's really usually the case. You know, you need a superstar guy, top guy in the league, usually wins the Super Bowl. And I've really been defending Jimmy Garoppolo this whole season because you don't always need a superstar guy at quarterback position to win the Super Bowl. It's always it's a, it's a big team thing. If you can get a great defense, a great running game, it can totally work. Look at Rich Gannon in 2002 with the uh, Oakland Raiders. He won that Super Bowl, and he's not the most amazing guy. Joe Flacco in 2012 winning the Super Bowl with the Ravens. Joe Flacco, there's always the joke, like, is he elite? Joe Flacco was never really an amazing quarterback, um, but he was able to win with the Ravens, and they came, they came up as, like, the sixth or the fifth seed. They came out of wild card weekend to win the Super Bowl that year. So you don't always need an amazing quarterback at the helm to win a Super Bowl, but when you're facing off with the quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who's that explosive, you're going to need a guy that can go toe-to-toe with him. And Jimmy Garoppolo was asked at the end of that fourth quarter, hey, we're down right now. We, we Our defense was put on the field way too often. They couldn't stop that offense. you got to step up and make the plays right now. And Jimmy Garoppolo just could not do that. 
I mean, I already kind of went through those play-by-plays that he couldn't hit. The, the sack on the fourth down, he, he overthrew some guys. He overthrew uh, Emmanuel Sanders on that deep ball. He uh, threw, threw an ugly interception at the end, but I won't even, throw, I won't even put that against him because that was like a desperation kind of thing. You know, the one at the beginning – that first, that first interception where he just threw it out to the right side would looked like his eyes closed. Look like shot Breland. Yeah, Rashad Breland. Breland. It looked like it looked like he was trying to throw the ball away, but it just didn't have the arm strength to get there. That was an ugly interception. Oh, that's completely on him for that part. But he did, he came back. He he managed to make uh, to salvage that play. He ended up playing really good for three quarters. I thought he was the better quarterback. Honestly, stat wise, he was the better quarterback through three quarters. He was 17 for 20, 183 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And that's about, you know, that's what Jimmy Garoppolo is meant to do. He's meant to be that around 200, 250 guy, 20-plus completions, maybe a touchdown, maybe a pick. He's meant to be that guy. He's a game manager guy. That's what we've been saying. And Patrick Mahomes through those three quarters, he was 16 to 25, 100, only 145 yards, one touchdown, which he ran in, didn't even throw it in, and he threw two picks. So it just matters. It comes down to that fourth quarter. That's when crunch time happens. That's when real Super Bowl champions are made. But- and... That's what the Jets will change it. So put it on. I, I honestly would put this on Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle Shanahan had a big issue, especially with the first half and that time management at the end of the first half. But personally, I think this is really on Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle Shanahan should have stuck to the run game a bit, but he Kyle Shanahan put some trust in his quarterback, even though he probably shouldn't have trusted him. He didn't trust him. <laughs> he didn't trust him at the end of the first half when they decided to run the ball with less than a minute left instead of throwing it and trying to get points, which ended up being a completely real situation they almost got points with that third of george kittle but uh the 50 50 pass interference call on george kittle we you could argue that either way it could have not been called it could have been called i wouldn't have been mad about it either way uh, it was well what happened there was it was a push-off it was a push-off and he gained an advantage from that push-off if he did not gain an advantage they would never have called it but after he gained an advantage by that push-off then that's whenever they yeah called it. there's a bit of acting a little extracurricular activity there there's a bit of acting by the db i can't remember well not really was. because if you put your arm out well, you know, you, you t- you, you're touching him to like while you're running to keep a feel for him. But I think he did push a little bit. I think he pushed a little bit. But the DB, you know, he kind of sold it. But the same play happened in uh, New Orleans with Minnesota during the playoffs. And uh, and Kyle Rudolph's little little push-off thing, and they didn't call that. So I'm just saying, either way, that call would win. I wouldn't have been mad. If they had not called it, I would have been like, eh, yeah, it's, a, it's about a 50-50 thing. But no, the way Kyle Shanahan managed the clock at the end of that first half, though, was atrocious because it was about a minute 40 left. Kansas City was punting, and the clock kept running because it was like the punt, and I think they had three or two timeouts, San Francisco did, and they never called a timeout. Once they got the ball and got their guys ready, there was like 50 seconds on the clock. Then they ran the ball. I think then they once called a timeout, but then you're down to like 40, 35 seconds, and it was just bad clock management. They just got down the field, ended up, they didn't even get points out of it, and the half ended at 10-10 to tie. But no, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm going to put most of the blame on for the fourth quarter because you're asked to be that guy. You're supposed to make those plays uh, Kyle Shanahan made the right play call with that Emmanuel Sanders deep ball. Jimmy Garoppolo just didn't make it happen. Well, uh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But, I mean, it's it's going to be both. I mean, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is, is not a great quarterback. I, I don't think they need him anymore. I think they need to get rid of him. They could save uh, a lot of cap space if they let him go. They yeah. could. Like oh, 20, yeah. 24 million or something yeah. like that. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and so Kyle Shanahan... I agree with you not running the clock right. So, um, you know, whatever whatever works for them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Put him as a dark horse for getting Tom Brady. Because, I mean, that's a great system for Tom Brady to go into. I don't think they're going to land him. I think they're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the deal. They're not going to get rid of him. But if they get it, Tom- if they did get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, they'd save a lot of money on it. And I think that their cap hit would only be like 4 2 and $1 million over the last three years. So they could get Tom Brady 
put him on a, a decent sized deal because with that cap save they can get some money out of that and then um great defense great run game some decent receivers much better than what new england has so uh tom brady that'd be a great system for him to fit in but tom I brady's mean, not going anywhere I, yeah i mean i think he's staying in new england especially with that hulu commercial he put out during the uh, super bowl that was oh my gosh i did not like that commercial one bit because at first i was like oh maybe he's gonna retire this is this is what his picture was about on twitter but then it was like, this is a Hulu ad, and you can get Hulu as live sports. And I'm like, oh, what the heck he's doing? But then at the end, he was like, what did he say? He was like, I'm not going anywhere. He was like, don't worry, guys. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Whether that means he's not going anywhere from New England or not going anywhere from the NFL, that's still to be determined. We have to, like, what, March 16th or whatever, the, when unrestricted free agency starts. So unless yeah. the Patriots can get a deal done by then, Tom Brady becomes unrestricted free agent, and then it's it's go at it by all the teams, Chargers, Bucks, whoever wants to wants to get him but we are going bucks. to get, buck buccaneers buccaneers oh, oh, yeah okay. yeah not not the, <laughs> not the milwaukee bucks, <laughs> like, buccaneers yeah hey the miami dolphins i've heard about the miami dolphins they're i think they're getting Tua this draft they're the all the mock drafts they're well, getting Tua. i think well, they're pretty intent on him still let let's think about this i this is probably just a fake fake rumor but i saw i've only saw it once uh somewhere um and they said tom brady has enrolled his kid into a miami school so I think he moved. He moved somewhere. I know he moved recently. Philip Rivers did the same thing. I think they both moved to Florida, or they put a house somewhere. No, no, no. no. Tom Brady put a house in San Diego. Well, somebody said that it was something Tom Brady, like that. Somebody said that Tom Brady was packing up his house. Yeah. Uh, uh, they did say that they uh, somebody somebody close to him said that Tom Brady was and Giselle uh, were packing up their house. So I haven't heard anything about him enrolling school in Miami, but Philip Rivers, I know he moved to like Orlando or something like that or somewhere yeah, in Florida. Yeah, I, I think I heard that. And then that there's too. there's been talks like oh maybe he'll get to the Bucks and Jameis Winston will go away to maybe the the Raiders or something like that. But we'll get into that more. I mean, we still nah, they don't need the, they don't need Jameis Winston. <laughs> Jameis Winston, <laughs> I take him over to Derek Carr. I don't think Derek Carr's too too great. He's like he's kind of I don't know. We can get into that more when we get into closer to free agency. We still have about a month of of restricted free agency right now. Our teams are trying to get their uh, their players signed. But speaking of, we're going to go into a short break here, and then we're going to come back, finish up our Super Bowl talk. We got a couple more points to cover regarding the Super Bowl MVP and dynasty talk, and then we got a little bit more after that talking about Dak Prescott's contract, uh, Greg Olson moving teams, and all of that. So stay tuned with us, and we will get into our last hour of the show. And we are back with Off the Bench on XLR, Lander University Radio. Again, my name is Hayden Joyner, and I'm brought to me with my co-host, Jamison Hartso, as always. And we are going to wrap up our Super Bowl talk. Uh, we just finished talking about really who is to blame the Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan or uh, not Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes, he is not to blame for this uh, for the loss. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, or actually, Kyle Shanahan. Actually, I disagree. I think <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is. It was all his fault. Bl- it was, it was well, his fault. Okay. Well, yeah. It was his fault that the 49ers yeah. lost. Maybe because that's the he's so factor. good. He's Maybe so that's the good. Biggest yeah. factor. I think I think that has to be the biggest factor. Something that's Patrick some, Mahomes is the reason the 49ers lost. I saw this stat on the broadcast. I haven't seen it anywhere else. And I, luckily, I took a picture with my phone on the broadcast. I'm like, that's actually interesting. Through the first three quarters, the 49ers or the Chiefs defensive line pressured on Jimmy Garoppolo, like you know, quarterback pressure. Three of 20 dropbacks they put pressure on, which is awful rate. What is that? Uh, 15% they they put pressure on, which is you know just atrocious. But in the fourth fourth quarter, when it mattered the most, the 49er or the Chiefs defensive line put pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo eight of 13 times, which I don't know what the percentage of that is, but it's well over 50. So 
So that's, I mean, that could be one of the, the contributions to this win as well. I mean, the defensive line came up big. They're definitely a unit we haven't really focused on much. Besides, I mean, Chris Jones had those, uh, those, deflect, those couple deflections during the game, which came up big, especially at the end. He had that one deflection. Then the defensive line put the pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, sacking him on that fourth and ten, which effectively ended the 49ers season. But, Jameson, we talked about the MVP a little bit. Patrick Mahomes won Super Bowl MVP. I personally think he's snubbed. You think Patrick Mahomes deserved it. I do. What, 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 what complete? Okay, let me. Let me. I want to hear your like. Yeah, what your thoughts okay. on this? All right. Let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. You're going to agree with it. I know. Patrick Mahomes did not play his best game. Agree or disagree? Agree. Agree. I, I agree too. He did not play his best game. I watched a rollout to his left, and he just lobbed it up. It was a terrible floppy duck. And I, if you know, if you uh, th- have ever thrown a football, you know it's going to look like a duck. You know, just, just going, like blah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. yeah. And so he he did not play a great game, Mm-mm. but. He played enough. He played good enough. He came up big when it mattered. Yes. And he played good enough to win the Super Bowl. And that's what he did. He won the Super Bowl. And so Patrick Mahomes played excellent in that fourth quarter. I agree or disagree. Did he play excellent? Beyond beyond excellent, yeah. Yeah, he played amazing. And so that is why I think that Patrick Mahomes deserved that MVP because he played so well in that fourth quarter. And whenever the game was on the line, when it mattered, he deserved it. I don't think anybody else deserves it. I mean, that, that quarterback is such a high, uh, high position on the football field. I mean, he is the coach. He is everything. He's got to know every single thing about our team. And so that's why I think uh, he deserves that MVP because he's just so a quarterback. Is just has to be so smart, so intelligent, and has to know the game so well uh, in order in order for him to uh, to to, to be, be MVP. MVP. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I really, really, really do uh, think that he deserves it. I don't think anybody should take it away. I don't think anybody else uh, deserves this more than Patrick Mahomes. He plays so well. He's so good, and and the way that he pulled his team back. And the way he's such a great leader and what he does on and off the field, his his religion, his family, I mean, just everything, everything, everything. It just builds up, builds up, and builds up in order for him. Uh, you know, I think I think he deserves it more than anyone. Well, let me let me think here. Pat like Pat, it's so easy to give the MVP to quarterbacks. I mean, obviously, yeah, they're the big they're the guys who have to know the most about the sport to be successful. It's I mean, it's the most important position in football, no doubt. But I feel like certain Super Bowls, you know, I think the MVP should go to the guy that's not a quarterback just because of the way the game's played out. This was a defensive battle for the for 70, 80% of this game. It was a defensive battle. And defensive battle, you, you want to give it to a defensive guy. I don't even think a defensive guy for the Chiefs should have won the MVP. My name that I want to put out here, I mean, granted, Patrick Mahomes had an amazing fourth quarter. He had an amazing fourth quarter. But MVP should be the guy that was most consistent throughout the game, that brought the most to the table uh, for the entire game. And Patrick Mahomes wasn't that. He didn't play good the first three quarters of uh, the, of the game. And, I mean, I'm not arguing that. I mean, I think it should have gone to someone else, but I'm not upset that much that Patrick Mahomes won it. I, th- I mean, personally, I'm like, I think they should have given it to this guy, but Patrick Mahomes is a close second just because he kind of he kind of recouped for his bad first three quarters with that amazing fourth quarter. But Damian Williams is the guy that I think, I think should have if anything, he should have been talked about. Give a you know, a coastal MVP for all I care, because he was the most consistent guy throughout the entire game. He was the leading, easily the leading rusher for the entire te- for the entire. Um, I keep saying team for the Chiefs. We'll get the get, get the team's name in, but I mean, seventeen touches, a hundred and four rushing yards, as well adding on four catches for twenty nine yards, two touchdowns, one receiving, one rushing. 
he was the most consistent guy. He got them the game leading touchdown and the game ceiling touchdown. And as a run, I mean, the 49ers aren't really a run team, but they were able to run the ball this week, this uh, this game somehow against that 49ers defensive line. I mean, 100 yards from Damian Williams and 17 carries. Look at Raheem Mostert, who, who exploded for 220 last week. He was held to 12 for 58, which is still, you know, that's that's a little impressive. It's almost five yards a carry, 4.8 yards a carry. But Raheem Mostert was only held to 60, where Damian Williams was able to crack out 104 I just think he was the most consistent guy if anything Mahomes I, I don't think Mahomes is not deserving of it he did great it's I just think it's really easy to give the Super Bowl MVP to the quarterback I mean I think the last time well no the last time it didn't happen that a quarterback didn't get it was last year Julian Edelman won it and again defensive game 13 to 10 the Patriots won uh the the quarterback shouldn't, shouldn't get it in a 13 to 10 victory and then we go back again I think it was 2015 Super Bowl 50 Von Miller won it instead of like Peyton Manning but Granted, Patrick Mahomes went off for 21 points in the fourth quarter. Granted, 14 of those were with Damian Williams at the helm. He had the long run. He had the catch to get into the end zone. I'm, I'm just wanting to put Damian Williams' out, Damian Williams' name out there. I think he should have been at least considered for it. I mean, I'm sure he was considered for it, but like have his name mentioned more off because I haven't heard his n- name mentioned for an MVP the, his entire postgame talk besides on social media because, I mean, Right after they announced it, because I think like the first time I heard Patrick Holmes was the MVP was when he was on the podium and they were asking what he was going to do for Super Bowl because he won. He was like, you're the MVP of the Super Bowl. What are you going to do next? And he was like, I'm going to Disney World. I think that's when I was like, he's the MVP? What? I was like, I thought Damon Williams should have been the MVP. People at my Super Bowl party were all like, Damon Williams should have been the MVP. And we were all saying at the end of the game, we were like, who should be MVP? Maybe Damon Williams? Maybe Patrick Holmes? We were like, I don't know. But I just want to put his name out there. But Jameson, you're, again, Patrick Holmes, you, he got MVP. You can't change the past. He got MVP. Um, I think Williams was the most dominant player on the Chiefs throughout the entire game, but Patrick Mahomes was the most dominant in the fourth quarter and is ultimately the reason they won, making him the most valuable player. But do you think this is really like the start to a Chiefs dynasty here? Because you, you mentioned the word dynasty, I think, earlier in the show. You mentioned it. And it's an interesting thing because the Patriots dynasty, we've kind of said, are they coming to an end? Because they've been lasting 20 years with Tom Brady's uh, contract running up and him like, I want my money now. And the Patriots having their worst season they've had in a good decade, it seems. Um, do you think the Chiefs dynasty is on the rise, or do you think this is just going to be like a one-and-done kind of thing? I think that the Chiefs are here, to, and they're here to stay. I think that Patrick Mahomes is ready to play, and he's going to be there for a long time. I think if Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes stays together, they can keep Tyreek Hill. Sammy, Walk- Sammy Watkins said he might leave, he might not, which Sammy Watkins hasn't. hasn't he said he was like going to take this next season off yeah, or something, I don't, right? I don't understand that. I can't I remember. I maybe he's like, oh, I've done enough. I won Super Bowl. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really I'm not that. sure, but um, he said, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. He went to Clemson and whatnot, but he played an absolute phenomenal year. I don't think if, if he was not on that team – uh, I don't know if they would have won the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm not trying to brag on Clemson or anything like that, but <laughs> he had that clutch uh, catch. I mean, he had an, an amazing year. I mean, the beginning of the season, he racked up so many points for the Chiefs uh, and uh, and for fantasy. I mean, he what was it? Three touchdowns, I think. Um, yeah. So uh, Sammy Watkins right now is playing really good. So these playmakers. They can just keep producing playmakers and playmakers and playmakers. Tyree Kill, one of the fastest guys I've ever seen, he run on TV. Oh yeah. So there's, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's so crazy how fast that kid can run, uh, and so uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be really interesting. Uh, but I think that Patrick Mahomes, if he stays for the Chiefs, uh, they're gonna be good, and they're gonna be good for a long time. It seems like he's really happy where he's at. I don't see any a reason to believe that he wants to leave or go anywhere. I couldn't see him fitting into a better program than Andy Reid, um, and so I think that 
if if Patrick Mahomes stays, he's not going to do anything but mm-hmm. get better, become a better leader, learn more of the game of football. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid is just a duo you don't want to come up against. And so, uh, so I think the Pat- the Chiefs dynasty is going to be uh, is going to be one to stay, and it's going to be stay staying for a long time. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I think the Forty ers they're done. I think this was a one and done year. I think it was just a once, once in a blue moon uh, type of season. You know, you have those um, those great seasons one year. You know, Los Angeles Rams, for for instance, they went almost undefeated. I think they lost four games last year. Uh, one of them being the Super Bowl. And so, what happened this year? They're ter- they're doing nothing but terrible. Uh, so, uh, I, I think that the 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 Rams and just and the Forty ers uh, so I think the 49ers are going are not not going to be a dynasty. I think Nick Bosa is very good. I think he'll be there, but I mean, they're going to be really cocky. Uh, I thought they were cocky coming into the Super Bowl, and so I don't think I think Kyle Shanahan is a great play caller, uh, but um, I I don't I don't think that they're going to be a dynasty. Uh, they're <laughs> they're they're a one and done. They're a one and done. Uh, I think maybe the Baltimore Ravens. Might be come back and uh, be a be a team to compete for if uh, Lamar Jackson stays healthy. Uh, but uh, if they if Lamar Jackson's got to get some more playmakers around him too. Uh, but um, I think I think the Chiefs are going to become a dynasty. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to become one of the all time greats. And after that performance, it just sealed the deal. I think he will be uh, one of the best football football players i've ever seen in my life yeah i mean no certain i said last show i was like if he doesn't win this he could be like like winning this game is going to cement him as a hall of famer i think he's in year three two as a starter he's already a hall of famer in my book super bowl mvp mvp of the league super bowl title in two years of a starting quarterback you're an, you're you're a hall of famer granted he doesn't like injure himself next year and his career's over and he has because you would make a hall of fame as a three three year guy but i think he's already a hall of famer as it is when it comes to dynasty, that's that's the interesting question because dynasties are so hard to create. It's so hard to maintain stuff because teams teams can be good for years on end, right? They can be good for half a decade and never win a Super Bowl. Look at the Saints, for instance. They've been like ten and six, eleven and five, thirteen and three the last like half decade, and they haven't even been to a Super Bowl. They've they've made a couple NFC Championships games, but they haven't gotten over that hump. And it just shows just how hard it is to make a Super Bowl. Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's one of the top five to ever do it. Aaron Rodgers as well. He's definitely a top ten guy. Aaron Rodgers made one made the Super Bowl back in twenty eleven. I think they won the Super Bowl. Hasn't been back since. So, and those guys are both Hall of Famers. Patrick Mahomes is going to be a Hall of Famer. It just shows just how hard it is to make a Super Bowl. So, I'm not counting out Chiefs Dynasty. I'm not counting that out. Don't get me wrong. But if they, I think they have the makings to do it. The interesting thing will be to come up is with Patrick Mahomes' uh, his um, upcoming contract. Because I think he's on his third year. He's going into his fourth year of the contract, which is going to be his rookie deal. He's making like nothing right now. He's making like $2 million or $4 million, whatever it is. On his, I, I, for like his final season, like I think he had a lot his first season because he was a first round pick, but he's not making too too much money. But the Chiefs are definitely going to hit him with probably the record breaking deal, maybe even like a six year, two hundred million or whatever it it's is. It's Deshaun Watson and uh, Desha- uh, Patrick Mahomes. They're they're, they're, they're in the they, same contract here. So they're next season. They have the exact same contract year, and I think right now they're going to try to wait out, wait each other out. 
Uh, I think Deshaun Watson is is due for a um, is due for a resigning, or Deshaun Watson has I think one more. They year. both have one year because yeah. they're drafted in twenty seventeen. Yeah, and so and what's and they're going to try to wait each other out. I think their agents are going to w- try to get the biggest deal. One of these two quarterbacks are going to get the biggest uh, quarterback deal that ever to to ever do it, and uh, they're both excellent quarterbacks. And I was reading an article, and they said they're going to try to wait each other out. Uh, but one of these deals, and so whenever the first person strikes and lays out a deal, and they set create a deal, then I think the next person is going to come yeah. right back and top that deal. So uh, you better, I want you guys to be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a, it's going to be a battle with the money. It's going to be a banking money uh, battle because uh, somebody's going to be getting a big paycheck. Yeah, I mean, and, either uh, Bill Bill O'Brien said Bill O'Brien said that Deshaun Watson. Is here to stay. He, they've mm-hmm. not made a deal yet, but he wants Deshaun Watson. So they're about to make a big deal with him. So I think they're going to try to wait each other out to see who's going to get the bigger deal, and then they're going to try to top that. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, I think, deserves less money than Patrick Mahomes. He hasn't done as much uh, with his team as Mahomes has, obviously. But both of them have one, more, one year left. I don't think a deal is going to get done with either of them this offseason. They're going to wait next season, both of those teams, the Texans and the Chiefs, to make a deal done. Um, there's a couple because obviously you're gonna have more uh, quarterback contracts these next couple years to set the market even higher because that's just the way. Granted, whether these these players deserve it or not, that's just the way quarterback markets work. It's the way markets work for anything. Dak Prescott is gonna get his money this season. We're gonna get into that in a probably in a little bit. He's gonna get his money this season. Whether that sets a new high for the NFL or if that just like gets as like one of the top five guys and just kind of like pushes that bar a little higher that's a question to be up to debate but he's going to get top five money there's i mean you you don't you can't really doubt at this point that process is going to get top five money and that's going to push the bar even higher patrick but, mahomes when he comes he, next season uh next season when he gets this thing i'm i'm honestly expecting a five-year 40 million dollar deal 41 million something around there it's going to be over 200 million dollars guaranteed but, and it's going like that's going to be it's going to be a record breaker. But let me deal. ask let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Do you think he deserves it? I think what, Dak, what has the, Dak Prescott accomplished well, this is, this other is, than Deshaun Watson? This is the hardest thing to do when it comes to quarterback contracts because you're like Matt, Matt uh, Matthew Stafford set the quarterback market back uh, four or five years ago. He didn't really deserve it. He hasn't even won a playoff game in his single, in his career, but he puts up the numbers to to respect it. And the same with Matt Ryan did the same thing. He he got to a Super Bowl, but and he won an MVP, so he has a little bit more credentials than uh, Matthew Stafford. But he, I mean, this year especially, you don't see him. Look at Carson Wentz. Look at Jared Goff. They've had awful years, really, since they got their money. Carson Wentz, since that injury that took him out of their Super Bowl season when Nick Foles stepped in, Carson Wentz hasn't been the same. Jared Goff got his money this well, past offseason. Like I said, professional sports is all about the money. Well, no, no, no. That's not the reason they've been bad. The reason they've been bad is because they take such a cap hit with the quarterback that they can't sign other better players, and that's the thing to always look for. Because one, players players want their money. I mean, that's that's a natural human trait. You're not going to do work for no money. No one does that. So people just naturally want money. They want money to be their best thing. When it comes to Dak Prescott, whether he deserves it or not, I don't think he deserves top dollar. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I could, I'm not going to be biased here. I hate being team biased on the show, so I'm not going to be team biased here. But Dak Prescott, I don't think he deserves top five money. If I, if I could pick his contract right now, I'd give him $27 million a year for about four years. That's what I'd do. That's, mi- that's middle to upper tier. I think that's what he deserves. That's what he's done. He he came in second. He was in a contract year this year. Came in second in the league in passing, only getting passed by Jameis Winston in the last week or the second to last week, something like that. He he was like just a couple yards short of five thousand passing yards, thirty touchdowns the season, which is the most of his career. 
So he was. I think. I think he's deserving of a big contract, not top dollar, like I said. But I think he's going to get paid by Jerry Jones in around the thirty to thirty, thirty-three, thirty-four million area for four or five years, easily over one hundred and ten million dollars guaranteed. It's going to be something around those lines. So pushing he's gonna he's gonna push that market up whether you like it or not that's just how it works and i know Dak prescott gets an insane amount of criticism in the media and by fans simply because he's the dallas cowboys quarterback you sit stick him in uh tampa or stick him in chicago or detroit or anywhere like that and he's the quarterback for them and he does the exact same stats with the same credentials people aren't hating on us as much they're like oh he's a good guy sign him to a court sign him to a deal people don't hate on Dak prescott that much just just because of how he plays they hate on because he's a dallas cowboys quarterback that's just the way it is you can't you can't fix that he got drafted the cowboys people naturally hate the cowboys for no reason so or i mean i'll push that but no Dak. everyone hates the hates the Cowboys. yeah people hate the cowboys because they or the reason people hate the cowboys is because they used to be really good and now they're not good anymore. People are like, huh, oh, y'all suck now. But the younger generation now hates the Cowboys because the older generation hates them. And it's just like, oh, you're supposed to grow up hating the Cowboys. It's just well, how it is. Well, I think, I think the Cowboys fans are just sick of watching the owner's crap. I mean, he's, he's Well, the Cowboys terrible. fans, well, some Cowboys fans hate the Cowboys. And, but the Cowboys fans are just out obnoxious. Not you, but like <laughs> some some Cowboy fans are just absolutely so cocky and i mean they're they well every abs- fan base is cocky well they have absolutely no re- reason to back it up that's the, i mean that's that that's a fair point i mean every fan base is cocky some teams have been so bad for so long they've gotten used to it browns especially bills besides this last season they've been bad for a majority of the time the saints are really bad for a while too so a lot of fan bases haven't been as cocky the cowboys are more cocky because they're they're promised year in year out they have the best team and they have a super bowl caliber team which they usually do the cowboys have had a great team for the past decade they just can't ever get it done and so every year it's like, oh, we're coming in with one of the best offenses with some of the great playmakers. We did great in free agency. So they expect a Super Bowl. It just doesn't happen. Like Chiefs could be the Chiefs fans could be saying the same thing, but they don't aren't viewed as cocky simply because they actually have success. Whereas the Cowboys fans, they don't have success, but they have those playmakers. So when they boast, they're like, we can make the Super Bowl this year, guys, like actually, and then they get let down by their coaching staff and owning and and their front office, then I mean, what can you can you really blame them too much? But Hark- well, well, we're going to see this year with Mike McCarthy. Well, I mean, this, this, is, this is you're correct. This is a year we can really prove it because we have a new, new, a completely new coaching staff, which I think is going to make some changes. If, if there's a year for us to make like a statement season, like we can be a good team, we can be a team that can be around for a while. This is the year to do it because we've made such major changes, and our offense is going to change a bit because usually head coaches don't put in the same offense that they came in, they came into. They implement something different. So something new is going to come out. We don't know what it's going to be yet, but. Again, we'll just we'll get into that point. We'll we'll see where it goes because uh, Dak Prescott's gonna get his money. We're gonna have to drop somebody. I think Robert Quinn or Byron Jones on our defensive side. One of those free agents are gonna go because they're both free agents this year. If I had to guess, we're gonna let go Byron Jones and we're gonna sign uh, Robert Quinn to a deal. If I had to make a prediction, because Byron Jones he's been good. He's been a he's been a top corner. Problem is he doesn't get interceptions. And when a quarterback's throwing quarterback's throwing to a receiver that that's covered by a great DB who gets interceptions like Stephon Gilmore, they're going to be a little scared, you know? Stephon Gilmore can make those acrobatic plays to get picks. But when you're throwing to Byron Jones, the worst thing that's going to happen is he's going to knock the ball down or just prevent the receiver to get it. You're not going to throw a pick. So you're not going to be scared throwing to him. So my honest opinion, we're going to drop Byron Jones. He'll probably start with the Eagles or something and then pick us off in Week 17 and go to the playoffs and we'll get snubbed again. That's probably what's going to happen because <laughs> that always happens. But either way, I think we're going to keep Robert Quinn. That's going to be a factor of Dak's contract. Right now, there's reports, especially by Adam Scheffner, that the Dallas Cowboys are going to franchise tag Dak Prescott, which I think is it's a 50-50 on me for this. I think it's kind of the right move because they just haven't been able to hit a contract negotiation. So, yeah, pay him $20 million a year 
and keep him going and then franchise him the next year if he can't make a deal and then sign it. If we franchise tag Dak this season, we're signing Amari Cooper to a long time deal. If we sign Prescott to a long time deal, we're get, they're going to franchise tag Amari Cooper, whichever one works. I think franchise tagging him is the worst thing to do. I mean, I wouldn't mind if he did it. I think it's the wrong decision. I think they should sign him to a long term deal. And with this report coming out, they're going to franchise tag him. Dak Prescott's also set out, and I think, I can't remember who reported it, but he told the reporters, like, make sure you put this out at the press. Because Prescott basically said that he's not going to be working out at the Star, which is the Dallas Cowboys training facility. He's not going to be working out at the Star until he gets a new deal. Which, you know, oh, he's holding out. He's like LA. He's like Melvin Gordon. You can put all those harks on it. I don't personally blame him for saying this because of the way that Dallas Cowboys have treated him for the past couple years. Because... He, they've been saying, like, Stephen Jones, our, our VP, and Jerry Jones, all of them, they've been saying since really last offseason, Dak Prescott's our guy. He's our guy. He's the quarterback of our future. We're going to sign him. We love him, right? And then all season, haven't signed him to a deal. He's played, did his best season statistically this season, didn't sign him to a deal. This offseason, they've still been in contact, contract talks this entire offseason since back in December when, we, uh, when our season ended. Haven't signed him to a deal yet. So I personally don't blame Prescott for uh, – not, I'm not going to say holding out because obviously unrestricted free agency hasn't even started yet. But he he's made it very obvious he wants a deal done now, and he's not he's going to put some restrictions on his availability because of this contract. I mean, how do you feel about this? Because I mean, you're you're on the outside looking in. So what do you see about this? I don't know. <clears throat> I think if they franchise tag him, uh, then he's just not going to be willing to work as hard. I think he's just going to be like, oh, I'm just here because they don't really want me. Um, they don't want to give me what I want, and if they really want me, then they'll give me what I want. And so, I mean, that's just the selfishness of the NFL players in the NFL. And so, that's kind of what I'm, what I think. And um, I, it's, huh, I don't know. It's well, uh, Prescott's not going to purposely purposely play bad because of the contract. He's well, not yeah, that kind of guy. Uh, he's yeah. he's one of the better people of the NFL. But he's he wants his money, and Everyone, I, I don't yeah. blame him. And um, and so Jerry Jones also wants his money. You know, he's getting probably – He's, the, he's, he's got probably, enough money. Oh, my gosh. So it's uh, – who knows? I can't stand Jerry Jones. It makes my blood boil every time I think about it. Uh, so, you know, uh, I don't care what you do. I don't care. Hey, I don't care if Jerry Jones sells the team and makes uh, – and goes down to – it turns into a Canadian football league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, ain't nobody want the Cowboys in, in nah, people, Someone will buy the Cowboys. If, if Jerry Jones, some reason – God forbid sells the Cowboys. Someone's going to buy the Cowboys. That's the biggest soup. That's the biggest sports franchise in the entire world. Well, so they're going to take it and they'll make money well, off of it. Regardless. Ain't, ain't nobody want the Cowboys in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> no, people are going to get it. But no, Jerry Jones has all the money. To, has all the money in the world to pay Dak Prescott. And Prescott, I mean, with this statement, I mean, I don't like the statement that he said he's not working out because I mean, I like I like Dak Prescott. I really want him. To, I want him to stay in Dallas. I like him as a guy. I think he's a great leader. He's a great person to be in the locker room. He's a really good leader of men and the face for the Dallas Cowboys franchise. I love Dak Prescott to death. Um, but I don't like that he said this statement. I get that every guy, every man hits their breaking point at some point, especially when it comes to money, because he, he deserves the money. He thinks he deserves the money. He deserves it, and he hasn't gotten paid yet. The Cowboys have been saying, we're going to give you the money, dude. Don't worry. We love you. You're our guy. But they haven't committed to him, which that would make anybody worried. If you're... If you're trying to like get on a team, say like just even just a football team, like in high school, and your co- and the coach is like you're like you're a recruit, and they're like we like you, we're gonna get you, don't worry, and then they don't respond to your text for three months, you're gonna get kind of mad. So it's this, it's the same way it works. And I know Dak's agents working his butt off to get him the money he deserves, which is I think is they're trying to work for that like mid thirty range, which I think is a little too high, especially for our team. 
I, I want to. I mean, I'm not saying Dak needs playmakers around him, but it's definitely nice to have playmakers around him. So I would love to have Dak Prescott to a contract and also have good playmakers. Keep Amari Cooper. Keep well, we're obviously keeping Elliott, and we got Jalen Smith, and Van Der Esch will need a contract in two years. So all that stuff comes up. But the, he's been Dak Prescott deserves it because he's been the most consistent guy. That's just the way it is. He's been the most consistent guy in his division, really in the league since he's come into the league. He's 42-20 and as a starter, which is one of the best records in the league for a quarterback in the four-year span since 2016 when he came into the league. He's, he's been consistent. He hasn't been injured at all. Look at the Giants and Redskins situation. They're constantly switching quarterbacks. The Eagles have had Carson Wentz, who's been pheno- who was phenomenal for one season. He's been average for three, and he's getting injured all the time. Injured, <laughs> injured three of his four seasons. So... Uh, he's been the most consistent guy. He's he deserves the contract. That's that's just straight. He's never missed a game his entire career. Which he made he missed a practice at the end of last season. Like I think after the Rams game, and people were making headline news that he missed a practice because like his finger hurt or his shoulder. No, it was his shoulder. His shoulder was sore. People were making headline news that he missed a practice. That's because he never missed practice in general. So I mean that's that's a great thing to have with the quarterback. He's a tough. He's tough as nails, and he's never missed a game. He's consistent. He's just the guy you want for a quarterback. And going back to this quarterback market situation, it's it's hard because he's he's a good enough guy to win you a Super Bowl. Dak Prescott's a good enough guy to win you a Super Bowl. He's kind of like he's above Jimmy Garoppolo in a sense. He's not amazing. He's not a Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. He's not. He's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not a Deshaun Watson. He's not that. And not I'm not going to lie about Mahomes. that. I'm not going to lie about that. He's not that amazing guy. But I've said it for a billion times. You don't need that guy to win the Super Bowl. Dak Prescott's capable of taking us to a Super Bowl. He can be a superstar quarterback when we need him to be a superstar quarterback. So. And if you drop him, what are you going to do? You're going to go in the draft with our, what, like 28th overall? Twenty? No, we're, we have a 17th draft this year. We have a 17th overall pick. Who? Like, What are we going to do? You know, We're going to go into complete real build mode, even though we have a complete roster, offense, and defensive sides that are built to win a Super Bowl. So you have to sign Dak Prescott, or else we're going to miss our Super Bowl window. You have to sign him. So that's just the way quarterback markets work. You have to sign him. He doesn't deserve it, or he doesn't deserve as much as you think he does, but he's going to get it. That's just the way it works. And... Going back to what we were saying earlier, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are going to come in just the year after asking for the same amount of money. Deshaun Watson, I think, deserves just about as much as Prescott, maybe a million more a year. But I think they're in the same ballpark. Mahomes is going to get over around forty million a year if Prescott or Watson doesn't set the bar there anyway. But what, what do you? What do you I mean, what do you think here? I mean, you make predictions in the future, but like, I mean, you already said about you already said what you want to do about Prescott, but Mahomes and stuff. I think he's going off. I mean, you're a Texans fan. You love Deshaun Watson to death, especially since he went to Clemson, which I think is that one of the reasons you like the Texans in the first place, just because D-Hop and uh, yeah, Watson Yeah, Grady Jarrett. You've got uh, D- Andre Ellington was there for a little bit. Um, just just a great uh, – Bill O'Brien. I really like Bill O'Brien. Uh, he's just a great guy. Uh, you know, he might not be the best coach, but, I mean, he's just a good guy in general. He's like Jason Garrett. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. How much do you want to hear that? I mean, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, he's not – He's not a special. He's not a special play caller. Uh, but, I mean, he's smart. He is a smart football caller. Uh, so, uh, I think I think Deshaun Watson, you know, I, I want Deshaun Watson to get the top. Uh, but either way, he's going to be making tons of money <laughs> no matter what deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's making tons of money right now, $2 million a year minimum. Yeah. Uh and so I it, either way, either way, yep. they're gonna be making yep. Prescott's money. been making like six hundred thousand dollars a year for like the majority of his <laughs> yeah. career so far because he was a, he was a fourth round pick. They don't get paid as much. That's just the way. So if anything, he deserves the money that's gonna come into him because he's been paid for the past four years, even though he's gotten us two division titles, almost gotten us three division titles, and he's won us a playoff game and got us to the division around twice in four years, which is something the Cowboys fans haven't really had a lot for the past twenty five years. 
But <laughs> we will uh, we'll, we'll segue into another segment now, getting off the Prescott topic. We mentioned this earlier, Tom Brady, Jamison. Tom Brady had that commercial out with the Hulu thing saying he's here to stay. Whether staying means the Patriots or staying means the NFL, we don't know yet. Uh, I believe the super. I, be, I believe that commercial was shot in the in Gillette Stadium. I don't. I can't remember exactly, but it looked like Gillette Stadium. I don't. I don't think I ever show what stadium it was. But if it was, maybe that's atoning that it's saying, "Oh, I'm going back to the Patriots." Who knows? But um, how do how do you see this going out? Because I just really cannot see uh, Tom Brady playing anywhere else uh, other than Gillette Stadium with the uh, Bill Belichick. I mean, good night. They're the one of the best two duos we've ever seen. They're so good. Bill Belichick is the one of the greatest coaches. Um, Tom Brady, such an, an unbelievable quarterback. He's probably the greatest to ever do it. Mm-hmm, easily. And so uh, you don't want to see him leave. You don't want to see him leave. Um, you know, he's gotten drafted there, and I want to see him in there. I really would. I really would like to see him in there with a great legacy. I mean, he's such – He's got such a incredible, incredible, incredible um, <laughs> technique about him, yeah. and uh, such an incredible passion uh, about the game. And it's so it's it's so fun to watch. And so yeah. I don't want to see him. He, I don't think he, he's not retiring. No, uh, he not. is. Oh, he's definitely. He basically said it. he's like, I'm staying. Yeah, but. Uh, I mean, it, it being a Hulu commercial. Um, and it really doesn't mean a lot, but uh, it's the picture they posted on Instagram that's really been controversial. But um, like, yeah, we'll, we'll find it. out soon enough. We'll find out soon enough, and yeah. uh, somebody's, and we'll uh, we'll see, we'll see. But um, I'm I'm real excited to see where what happens. But I think he, he's going to be getting about thirty forty million dollars a year to stay. I think, with, yeah, um, he'll be. He's been getting, he's been giving New England a hometown discount for the past forever. He wasn't getting paid that much. I think just a little around twenty million. So he's definitely. I don't think he's going to go to forty million. He's not like that. He's in the end of his career. He's not going to be as valuable to a team as Patrick Mahomes because he's only going to be there for a year or two. But I think he'll get around the thirty million dollar range. You know, maybe a, a one to two year deal. Wherever they go, Patriots, whatever. But I talked about it in my show, or in my show, in my segment last week when you had to go out. My little thirty seconds or thirty minutes, Jameson. I said that with all these free agency quarterbacks, like the Chargers are probably going to move off. They're allegedly, according to Jay Glazer, allegedly moving off of. Philip Rivers. I haven't heard any official reports of that yet, and we'll know once unrestricted free agency starts. But San Diego's not an awful place for uh, Tom Brady to land. And I even suggested that um, I suggested Indianapolis as well because I think they're built really well. It's, it's not San Diego anymore, right? It's Los Angeles. L- yeah, Los Angeles. Yep. You know, yeah. My bad. <laughs> you're good. I was, <laughs> but, I always, no, you're right. You always scare me. I'm like, am I going crazy? <laughs> you always say San Diego, and I do that too. I'm so used to it yeah, because know, they're. It's weird because I was call like the Raiders are in Los Angeles officially now yeah. or in Las yes. Vegas and I'm going to yes. call them the Las Vegas Raiders. That's in my head now. But the Los Angeles Chargers just doesn't I don't know it doesn't ring with yeah. me. They haven't they uh, their attendance is like twenty thousand game. Aren't they're they just, sharing? Aren't they sharing? They're sharing the stadium, stadium with the Rams that's this upcoming SoFi Stadium. They're sharing that one and they're that's just, the brand new stadium. right? That's the brand new one that looks like the Patriots logo and everyone's joking about. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> it looks like the Patriots logo and they started building it the year after the Rams lost the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But no, they're sharing that stadium. But the Chargers just like they had like they they were playing this past season in a soccer stadium, for like Los Angeles. When I don't think it was Los Angeles Galaxy Stadium. I can't remember whose stadium it was. They were playing in a soccer stadium. It only seated like forty million or forty thousand, and they were only getting attendance in like the thirties. So 
they're just like this no one no one no one in Los Angeles wants the Chargers. They're all about the Rams because the Rams already had a history in Los Angeles before they went to St. Louis. They came back. So, no one in Los Angeles wants the Chargers. San Diego, they should they should just move back to San Diego. San Diego wants them. Maybe maybe, maybe the Chargers can go to St. Louis, but the St. Louis Chargers, you know, I don't know. Anything anything's better than Los Angeles for them. But whether Tom Brady goes to the Colts or the Chargers, I, I said last show, I think Justin Herbert's a good fit for the Chargers, especially with that sixth overall pick. Um, for the drafts, I mean, I'm going with Joe Burrow going to Cincinnati, Tua's going to the Dolphins, and Justin Herbert's going to the Chargers. I think that's what's going to happen if a trade doesn't get made before the draft, which is April 20th or whatever it is, mid, mid to late April. But, I mean, that, that's what's going to happen. Quarterback free agency is definitely something we're going to be looking forward to um, these next couple of weeks, especially with, you know, the... Um, with the NFL ending and all that, it's free. It is free agency talk right now, and it's going to be crazy. Dak Prescott deal could happen any moment now. We don't know, or he could be officially say he's getting franchise tag, and then we'll talk about all the aftermath after that. But I think we are going to go ahead and end the show here. It has been a great two hours talking with you guys, and again, come back next win- next Wednesday, four to six. We will be right back here, filling up two hours of your time with sports talk. But, but again, as always, my name is Hayden Joiner, your host with Jameson Hartso, our co-host. And as always, mm-hmm. stay on the field and off the bench. This is Jameson Harnsa. You guys have a great week. We'll see you next week. Be sure to follow our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at OffTheBenchXLR for all our segments in the show, as well as seeing news and reports that we have not been able to cover in the show. Also, if you were not able to stay for the entire show, be sure to listen to us on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes, where this entire episode will be posted on our podcast page. Again, that is at OffTheBenchXLR. Everyone, have a good night. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com.